This series was inspired by Sean Bowles. If you've heard of Sean Bowles, he's a really um, amazing prophetic voice to this generation, and he's really honed in on what it, what it looks like to, to walk in that office, the prophetic office, and what that looks like to train other people on how to hear God, train the rest of the body on how to hear God. And so it's, it's really um, an amazing thing. I've learned a lot from him throughout my life, um, and I'm just so blessed to be able to share this message with you guys. Um, I'm in, I've taken some of Sean's classes, the Translating God class. I'm in the middle of Sean's God Secrets e-course, and they're both really, really good, so I suggest checking those out if you get the chance. Um, and we're also pulling from people like Graham Cook and a handful of others, so if you want any recommendations on books, classes, definitely come and ask. We have a whole bunch of stuff for you. Last week, John and Sarah Beth shared a message and an exercise on words of knowledge, and that was really, really awesome. And then the week before that, Parker opened up the, the series, and he was talking about how prophecy is not just about give, getting and giving information, but it's about connecting with the heart of God. It's about relationship with God. Because, you know, God loves to share his heart with us. He loves to share his heart with us. So I want to take that, take that and unpack it a little bit more, what that means for us. One of the th- key areas that Parker talked about in that first message was three steps of prophecy. The first step is revelation. The second step is interpretation. And the third step is delivery. And this week I want to hone in on those things because I believe they're vital areas for us to focus on if we want to grow in this thing. We want to we focus on those three areas. And so th- this week the message title is Translating God. But before I dive in, I want to pray real quick. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you this morning. Just invite your presence to fill this room right now. We ask that you would reveal Jesus to us, God. The testimony of Jesus. God, I ask that you would speak through my mouth this morning, that you'd be able to help me articulate the things that are on your heart about this message, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. So just a little bit of background on my history with the prophetic. From ages 5 to 14, our family lived in Kansas City, and we were part of this church called Metro Christian or Metro Vineyard Fellowship. And, and if you've ever heard of the Kansas City prophets from the 80s, like they're, they're like a big deal, controversial thing across America, like these, this group of people in the Kansas City. And you can Google them if you want. You'll probably find out a lot of interesting things and a lot of weird things about that. But um, check that out if you'd like. But just to say that, like, this church was really focused on prophecy. Like, it was a, it was a major thing for them. And, and so as a, you know, 5 to 14-year-old, like, I was exposed to that throughout my life. And it really took an impact on me. Like, like I could see these people and hear their words. And, like, the way that they knew God and the way that he spoke through them was so powerful. And it just really set set the awe and wonder of who God was for me as a, as, a, as a child. And in fact, Sean Bowles and his family were part of that church that we were growing up in. And um, just different people throughout my life have been speaking prophetically with the voice of God because of their relationship with God. And I grew up with people around me that would just give encouraging words all the time. And one of my biggest examples 
for my daily, like, what it looks like in the lifestyle was my dad because, like, he would always, you know, when we're out to eat, you know, give a word to our server or somebody that the Lord would highlight in the restaurant, you know, in the middle of our dinner. And sometimes it was annoying and sometimes it was awesome. <laughs> like, but it set a precedence <laughs> for my life. Like, I'm not just here to eat dinner and focus on us. Like, God can highlight people while we're out. And it sets an amazing example for what that looks like in everyday lifestyle. You know, and as, as I grew with friends like John Richter and Wilson Cochran, these guys have made it part of their lives. Wherever they go, they want to speak who God is to people and call out the gold in their lives. And, and they're such amazing examples. And Ben Atkinson and just people like that who have set this thing and said, hey, this is for every single person around you. Like, like God wants to speak to everybody. And so it's amazing. And I, and I love them so much because they've challenged me in so many awesome ways. I remember when I was first growing in words of knowledge and the prophetic gifts and and really before that, it wasn't, it wasn't really easy for me. I wouldn't get those things in the moment. More was, for me, it was visions and dreams. That's how it really started out, was visions and dreams. And, but I began to grow in these things. And as we moved back to the area, I was in high school, we moved back to this area. And some of the biggest examples were Jeff and Becky and uh, William Myers and Kendra, Scott and, or Kendra, ne- Kendra and Scott Neal. And one of my biggest influences was actually Bill Wilson. He uh, led a prophetic class in OBF that I got to be a part of in high school, and it really affected my friend group. And my friend Sam Langdon and I grew up together in high school, and we'd, we'd do a lot of things <laughs> like to, to learn about the prophetic. We'd learn a lot from Morningstar and different people like that. And this like, silly thing that we did was we'd take a deck of cards, and we'd ask the Holy Spirit, like, one by one, you know, what color is that card first? And then the next thing would be like, what suit is that card you know, and then the next would be like, what number is that card in suit? And so it was like a really silly activation kind of thing that we did, asking the Holy Spirit. And most of the time, I got it wrong, <laughs> just to be honest. Got it wrong. And, uh, but it wasn't really, you know, I, I, I knew that to grow in this thing, you need to press into it. To see fruit from it, you have to like really practice and practice and practice. And it wasn't really, it's, things didn't really click until I realized and got the perspective that it's all about relationships. We have a relationship with the prophetic because we have a relationship with Jesus. And he sent his spirit, spirit of prophecy, to testify about Jesus, testify what he's doing in people's lives and in the past and the present and in the future, the way that he's intersecting and what he's calling people to. And so it's all about relationship. And that's when things started to click because it wasn't a Holy Spirit guessing game anymore. It was, I'm growing in a relationship with God and he has things on his heart that he wants to share with me about me about him, about the people around me. And I get to communicate that with others. And once I learned that, I was able to see tangible growth and learn how to refine those things that the Lord gave me. When I was 19, we moved back to to Kansas City and I got to be part of the International House of Prayer and internship there. And actually, Sean Bowles was part of a separate ministry and he was doing his own internship, White Dove Ministry, and and their ministry was really actually focused on growing people in the prophetic ministry and the prophetic office. And it just so happened that the one and only time that these two internships were running at the same time in Kansas City in the same place, we were sharing classrooms, we were sharing cafeterias and, and, and lunchrooms and different stuff. And so the leaders from IHOP and the internship and the leaders from the White Dove internship said, hey, you know what, we're already sharing these, these rooms. We might as well share classes with each other. 
So I got to take classes from Sean and from uh, Paul Keith Davis and Wanda Davis and others. And it was so cool to me as a 19-year-old to learn firsthand from these people that like, I looked up to and, and were like people like, that I wanted to learn how to do what they're doing. And it was so cool to do that. Through that, I, I was able to learn how to prophesy on prophecy teams, kind of like our, our healing rooms that we do, but they're prophetic rooms where people would come in and sit down for you know, 30 minutes to an hour and we'd prophesy words over them and soak them in prayer. And, and also through that, we were able to, I was able to give words, learn how to give words publicly to like, international leaders in the church. It was really an amazing experience as a 19-year-old. Fast forward 15 years and a lot of stories later, and even a season of like actually rejecting the prophetic. What I'm learning now is how to develop this gift by honing my ability to hear him and growing in a deeper relationship and really learning how to hear in all different kinds of situations. Because there's so many things that barrage our mind and come at us that try to take us from hearing the still small voice of the Lord. But it's the still small voice of the Lord that we really learn how to focus in on what God's saying. We want to do that. One thing that I have learned is that I have to go after what I'm hungry for. We have to go after what we're hungry for. And one of the amazing things that the Bible says in Matthew 5, 6 is, Blessed are the hungry, for they shall be filled. That's a promise. If you're hungry, you will be filled. That's what the Lord says. And so that's, that's an amazing thing. And so I'm holding on to that promise as I go forward. And you know what? It takes time. I'm not satisfied where I currently am in my ability to hear the Lord. I'm not satisfied where I currently am in my ability to translate what he's saying to me to other people. But I'm hungry for it. I want to grow in it. And it's still awkward at times, and I still miss it at times. But I, as I pursue God to hear his voice and hear his heart and hear his intentions and exercise the gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, and words of wisdom, I get to grow more and more in love with him. And I get to grow more and more in love with his people. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful. I believe his promises and I'm hungry for more. And if we're hungry and if we press in, there will be a tipping point for us. But we have to be intentional about this. We're going to have to ask ourselves, are we willing to be patient and grow in this thing? Are we willing to be proactive? Are we willing to, be, to persevere? Are we willing to learn and be teachable? Are we willing to devote time to hearing from God? Are we willing to get rid of things that might hinder our ability to hear from God? Are we willing to, to take time to, to learn from others? It's going to take some setting some goals if you want to make it part of your lifestyle because it doesn't just the next day become part of your lifestyle once you get interested in it. You have to like learn how to be uncomfortable in situations and like fumble through words, and, but it's all about love, and so it's, it's actually way easier than we think if it's, it's focused on love. Um, it's a really important that we seek out biblical education and wisdom, but the biggest thing is practicing. Practicing and 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 more and more and more. We have to set some goals. And, and you know, if, if the Lord can do that in me, he can to share his thoughts. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things 
that you could never figure out on your own. Call to me and I will answer you. That's what the Lord says. Call to me and I will answer you. Jeremiah 33.3. This is one of the most amazing promises ever. Because that means he hears us. It means that he hears our voice. When we, when we cry out to him, when we pray to him, even the small things, he hears us and he will answer us. And if you feel like, you know, you've prayed a hundred times and the Lord hasn't heard you, he has heard you. And that's a lie from the enemy that says he hasn't. It's a lie from the enemy that says he hasn't. It's his promise right here that he will. And he does and he will answer us. Let me ask you this, because that, that doesn't just end there. He says, I'll share with you marvelous and wondrous things. What does that mean? What are those things? What does God call marvelous? What does God label as, as wondrous? What are those things to him? He's so excited to have conversations with us. He's so excited to share with us the things that are on his mind. I know this because, in a real practical way, because I'm so excited to share things with my son. He's just a baby. <laughs> I can't wait to share things with him. I want to talk to him about Star Wars. I want to talk to him about Marvel stuff. I want to talk to him about Lord of the Rings. I want to talk to him about a hundred different things and who Jesus is. And, and I can't wait, and so I won't wait, actually. I'll actually, I am sharing things with him, and he doesn't understand them at all. <laughs> but he loves hearing my voice, right? He loves hearing my voice. And the Lord is so excited to talk to us that he doesn't wait till we understand what he's saying. He loves to share the things on his heart and he'll continue to share them even until we understand them. And so he's, he's so excited. He's speaking to us all the time if we learn how to listen. There's an amazing uh, quote from Graham Cook that I've adapted, Graham Cook's prophetic wisdom. It says, sonship is our priority. All true sons and daughters are confident in the father's character and love and his will for them. Knowing and declaring the character and love and the will of God towards his other children is not a mystery, it's an invitation to relationship. It's not a mystery. God's overflowing with love for everyone around us, and it's not a mystery, it's an invitation to relationship. In the first message, Parker talked about Acts 2 and how the Spirit's been poured out on all flesh. And that means everyone can prophesy. Everyone can hear the voice of the Lord. Sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, believers and unbelievers, all flesh can prophesy. That means even Kanye West could prophesy if he wants. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit wants to. Through. God wants to connect everyone to his heart through every means po possible. wants to connect everyone to his heart and every, every means at his disposal. And the beauty of the prophetic is that it makes the deep things of God accessible for everyone. It doesn't withhold information. He even uses the least of these to speak to the greatest. He's not about elitism. The prophetic gifts are inherent to humanity. God's never stopped interacting with man in a supernatural way. And the fact the Lord has spoken to me through dozens of books and movies and songs that were written by unbelieving authors. He's spoken to me through these things time and time again. And we see a progression, actually, of relationship when it comes to revelation. Because there are things that the Lord only reveals to, to his people because 
The rest of the world isn't ready for it, and they can't carry it well. But in Amos 3.7, it's an awesome verse. Surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Surely the Lord, will, Lord God will not do anything without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. But actually, as we, as we go into the new covenant, we see that in John 15, 15, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I've called you my friends because I've revealed to you everything that I've heard from my father. I've revealed to you everything that I've heard from my father. Say that with me, everything. everything. Do you know that everything in the Bible has already been revealed? Maybe we, have, we don't get it, but it's actually already been revealed because it's written down. Somebody it was revealed to. And so everything in the Bible can be revealed to us because it's really accessible. So if you want to hear from God, just open your Bible. Just start reading it. <laughs> That's the easiest way. Because it's already been revealed. It's already written down for you. He's doing the same thing with us who searches the deep things of God with his Holy Spirit, who searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. The Holy Spirit's living in us. He's the Spirit of God. So he searches the Father's heart and then he brings those things to us in ways that we can understand them. But there are things that he only shares with those that he can trust because he knows that they carry his name and they carry his heart because they have ongoing conversation with him. And he knows, hey, I can entrust you with this, this, this piece of information that you're not going to abuse that information. And you're actually going to hold my heart with this. And when, you, when, you, when I tell you to share it with somebody, you're going to share it in the right way. And we'll go in deeper into that in the next message. But, so one of the reasons that God gives us prophecy is, is that he connects. He wants to connect us with. He wants to create a space where he's connecting people with him, encountering people with his heart. And I said earlier, prophecy is about connecting people and we can't, we're not carrying his heart. So we need to begin to see people through love's eyes. Well, what does that mean? That means that prophesying to others is about seeing people for their true value, even when they don't see it and even when they're not living in it. It's about calling out their identity, calling out their destiny, even if they are on a road that's not leading them towards that at all but seeing what the Lord has in store for them and saying, hey, this is what you're made for. This is what you've been created for and we're calling back people to their destiny and back into relationship with God and encountering God. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember the last time you felt fully known and loved? Think about it for a minute. When's the last time that you felt fully known and loved? That's what a good word of prophecy should feel like. It should feel like he knows me and he loves me despite whatever is going on in my life. He knows me and he loves me. And it doesn't have to include a lot of specific details. It just has to come from God's heart. And it can mean the world to someone you're ministering to. It can bring them out of the darkest places. It can restore the joy of their salvation. It can bring hope and life and clarity and a solid foundation. Here's an amazing example of what a prophetic word can do. Psalm 40 and 107. Get those out if you have time to read those at some point. David sings this song. I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me. He sent forth his word, 
and he saved me. He brought me out of a horrible pit, and he set my feet on a rock, and now I live. He's put a new song in my mouth. It's praise to our God. That's amazing. That's what happens when he sends forth his word. It brings us out of horrible pits. <laughs> it puts a new song in our mouth that's praise to the Lord. It puts us on a solid foundation. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing prophetic promise that there's no place that we can run to or hide that his love can't find us. And there's no place that anyone else can run to or hide that his love can't find them. So just real quick, hold out your hand. Close your eyes. Father, we thank you that you hear our voice when we cry out to you. God, right now I ask that you would send forth your word and save us. Bring healing, God. Bring salvation, God. Bring deliverance, God. Bring us out of horrible pits. If somebody's in a horrible pit right now, bring them out. Send forth your word right now. Set our feet on a rock, a solid foundation of who Jesus is. Bring new life right now. Put a new song in our mouths, God. Praise to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's an amazing story that Sean Bowles talks about when he was first pressing into the prophetic ministry and it was at a conference and he's been learning this. He's brand new at it. In his ministry time, kind of like our Holy Spirit night uh, last week, which was awesome. But they had, you know, lined up some people to give public prophetic words to this room of hundreds of people. And the guys on stage with him, they're like guys who've been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years and like really, you know, have, you know, their big names, I guess, in the prophetic and and he's brand new at it. And so going down the line, each one's calling out like specific dates and addresses and like these incredible words of knowledge and then like these amazing prophetic words that are going with those things. And it's going down the line and he's like so worried about it and he's got nothing. <laughs> Comes to him and he's got absolutely nothing. And then the Lord highlights a woman in the very back row and all he says is tell her I love her. Tell her the Father loves her. And he's like, that's all I got. You know, like, tell me, give me more. But that's all he gets. And so he's like, I don't have much. All I have is, I don't know who you are, but you, in the back row, what I hear the Lord saying is, he loves you. The Father loves you, and, and that's all he had. But this woman had had years of abuse and neglect and things from her own father, and she didn't know that the Father loved her. Father God loved her. And she was actually coming to that meeting and she, she was like, I need to hear your voice, God. I need to know that you love me because I can't go on without knowing this. And that's the very thing that she needed. That's all she needed, that simple phrase. But that brought her to tears. She crumbled on the floor and was undone by his love. And that's what the prophetic can do. It doesn't need to be this huge, spectacular thing. When we do extended emotional healing and deliverance ministry, most of our time is focused on connecting people to the heart of God towards them. In that ministry, we have to know what God thinks about people because we have to know what he thinks about us to relate that to them. Just as important, we need God's words to come out of our mouths, words of love and truth and life that will bypass years of pain and pierce through lies and strongholds the enemy has built in people's minds. And that's what prophetic, prophetic words can do. 
that can pierce through those things. We really need God's heart in our ministry and everything that we do and in our words. But it's our job to cultivate it. Like, I, you can't cultivate that for me, and I can't cultivate that for you. Sean Bowles can't cultivate that for me. I can take his classes, and I can learn a lot of cool things, but he can't cultivate my relationship with God. We have to cultivate that. That's on us to do. And as we pursue prophecy, we, we're learning that we're bridging the gap between the things of heaven and the things on earth. We're that bridge. We become that bridge, and the Holy Spirit flows through us. It's from that relationship that we can learn how to interpret the revelation that's shared with us and gain wisdom for application. We talked about those three parts. The first part of translating God is knowing what he's saying and what he wants to do and receiving that revelation. The second part is connecting people to his heart. That's where interpretation comes in. And the third part, when God speaks wisdom on how to live it out, that's the application. When God speaks, it's not just to give the prophetic word, it's actually an experience that fully connects our attention and our hearts to him. It fully connects our attention and our hearts to him. I've been learning the importance of when I pray for someone who's sick, I practice picturing them as God originally designed them to be. So what does that mean? That means I want my faith to have a picture. I ask God what his original design for that person is, and and how many of you know that before time began, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were together and they were in conversation about you? What they wanted to do. And not just you, your family line. And how they wanted to intersect with your lives. And the things that they had for every single person in your family line before you and after you. And they dreamed and they planned together their desires for you and their destiny for you. And they created this original design for your humanity and an abundant life with them. And they've been working ever since to bring about those promises in our lives. That's what I'm learning to ask God about. I'm learning to ask next year, well, what would this person look like? Five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, standing in eternity next to you, what are they going to look like? And I begin to get a picture of my faith gets a picture, and then I can begin to pray and speak that out, prophetic promises over them. What is God's original design for the people you're praying for and prophesying to? And how can you give your faith a picture? And then how can we connect him to his heart so that he can do what he wants to do in them? The first major part of translating God is learning how to understand what he's telling us about others and then clearly relating it to them. And this requires, re- it requires regular conversation with God and regular conversation with other people, and self-awareness, most of all. We're called to become connectors of the eternal, to learn who God is and represent that nature, even with our words. We're connected to the message. Here's an amazing verse that I somehow always missed when I read 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 14, 10 through 12. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, Yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. If we don't translate well what the Lord's saying to other people, we might as well be speaking in tongues to them. Like we might as well be speaking in tongues. It's like a foreign language if we don't translate what God's saying well to other people. And I want to challenge each and every one of us to begin to give 
more and more accurate prophetic words that can be easily understood. So what does that look like practically? It means learning how God speaks to me, learning how God speaks to you, and then taking that and learning how to interpret that rightly for ourselves and translating that to others. Sometimes God speaks to us prophetically in ways that are common to prophetic people. For example, numbers and patterns. Maybe you've seen the same pattern again and again and again. Same pattern in numbers. 333 or 1111. Maybe you have a dream, and in your dream you're driving a car or riding a bike or flying a plane, and you talk to somebody and they say, oh, that always means, that's always a stand-in for a ministry. Well, most often not it is, but sometimes it's not. Because you know what? The Lord speaks to you in ways that you can hear, in ways that you can understand. And so it might mean one thing to some one person, it might mean something else to another person. So we've got to learn what it means for us so that we can a- interpret rightly for other people. Sometimes being able to translate God for others might mean that we have to stop using our popular Christian cultural phrases in our Bible or spiritual talk. For example, we had an info night at one of our Sakam class, before one of our Sakam classes a couple of years ago. That's the night where we invite people to come in and learn about what Sakam is and give them a taste of what the class is like. And, and we always do an activation that's like biblical names. And so you ask the Lord, you pair off with somebody, you ask the Lord, hey, you know, in the Bible, if there's a character, what is this person like in this season? Like, and give them that word. And so I'm re- really excited about this. I, there's this Miami student, young man, who I've just met. He's new. He didn't go to this church. And so he comes in, and we pair up, and I'm, you know, like, you know, ask God for something good. And he gives me the name Jehu. And I'm like, all right, good one, Holy Spirit. You know, like, this isn't your typical David or Solomon or Mary or John or, you know, Jehu. This is something specific. And so I give him the word. And like Jehu, you'll bring down the rebellious Jezebel spirit and end apathy that goes after kings like Ahab. And, and the Lord has anointed you. And I look at the guy, and he's just staring at me. And uh, like, oh, you know, he must be taking it in, you know. <laughs> and I ask him, does that resonate with you? And he says, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know the Bible that well. <laughs> I don't think I know that story. And in fact, the word meant nothing to him at all. And, and so I did not translate it well. But I was able to apologize and share it again in a way that he could understand. And Sean... Bowles talks all the time about this prophetic guy named Bob Jones. How many of you heard of Bob Jones? Maybe some of you have actually been given words by Bob Jones. Um, he, is a, he is an awesome prophetic man who was walking in the prophetic office. But Sean would always say, like, Bob would share these words, and, like, they'd be really weird. And he'd sing about, or give us a prophetic word about songbirds or oak trees or different things like this, and and they'd be really awesome and powerful. But then people would always come up to him after the meeting, or other leaders, and say, hey, that word was powerful that Bob gave me, but uh, I have no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> and so, like, one of the most anointed men didn't know how to translate it well, and that's okay. We were all learning how to do that. It's important to receive into a language that people around us understand. On one side of the table, I might hear the word, like, this person is a Jehu, one who tears down Jezebel's spirit and apathy. Or I might see a picture of a red door. Or I might see a vision of a baseball game. But that might make no sense to the person I'm I'm giving the word to. Or it might make perfect sense. I don't know. I have to learn. And so, you know, 
I have to learn how to hold those things in tension and say, hey, Holy Spirit, is this for me? So I, I understand what you're saying, or is this for them? And so I might hear that Jehu word, but I might need to say, hey, I hear God saying you're a warrior, someone who has strength within them. You're made to be a prince. You have value and an important destiny on your life. You may have the ability to see where people are taking things that are precious and tarnishing them or bringing evil upon them. You have a passion to bring end to those things that rob from people that you care about. You see the strength in others that you don't, that when they don't see it themselves. You can easily see people who have given up hope and taken the easy way out and chosen to coast through life and lead, let others lead in their place and you want to bring back life to them and restore to them what they were meant for. So it's learning how to translate what the Lord gives to us. You might ask God, what does this red door mean for this person? Like literally, did their grandparents have a red door th- on their house? Like is there something that specific? Or does it mean like your blood has covered the door f- and it's open to them now? You know, it could be something like that. What's significance about this baseball game? Are you speaking about teams? Are you speaking about coaching? Are you speaking, maybe they actually were in Little League and, you know, the coach, you know, they felt rejected by their coach. And so through years, that, that rejection was built upon itself by other instances and the Lord wanted to heal that specific root issue. And so maybe it's something like that and bring healing and restoration. God gives us words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy and says, here are the ingredients. You know my heart. I trust you to prepare and deliver this in a way that's gonna, they're going to be able to taste and see that I'm good. We prepare a table before them because he's prepared a table for us. It's so important to learn how to translate God for people. God entrusts us with his heart, but he wants us to search it out. And we're the bridge for others. So it's on us to be a clear path and not be obstacles because we can be obstacles. And so it's on us to become a clear path for them to connect to the Lord. Last thing I know I'm going along here. Last thing I want to talk about is the amazing truth that God wants to be present in a manifest way in our normal day. We're called to be naturally supernatural. He's chosen us to take the things of and make the things of God tangible for others. He's chosen us. He's chosen you. We're called to be naturally supernatural. We talk about that all the time. It's one of God's biggest gifts to us to manifest his presence here and now. And we're, we're an important part of that because we see it and we call it out. And, and this happens in everyday normal life, not just Sunday mornings, not just Holy Spirit nights, not just in the soccer. It's supposed to happen in everyday life. This is the learning place. This is the place where we can mess up easily, you know, learn how to do it right. But out there, it's life and death for some people. And so we want to learn how to do it well in our everyday lives. We're all learning how to invite him into these places and how to recognize when he's already moving there. Our lives are complex things. We're spirit and flesh intertwined and integrated. And so we need to understand when God speaks to us, it's usually from within. It's usually from within. And something that the enemy uses time and time again is this head game where he whispers doubts in our minds and says that God God can't speak through us and he throws shame on us when we're having a bad day. Like we miss, we miss an opportunity because we weren't feeling it. He puts shame on us, and that's, that's the enemy. We've got to get rid of that. We have to get out of that mindset that when we're having a bad day, it means that God's limited by our day. God's not limited by our bad day. 
we have to start believing that God's going to show up even when we aren't in the optimal frame of mind or, or, or mood. God is present on our best days and on our worst days. He's present. And I'm not talking about sin. Open sin can and will affect our ability to hear clearly. But what I'm talking about is when you're at your most boring, when you're at your most not feeling it days, God still wants to speak. He can be, say the most precise things through us even when we don't feel a single thing. And the truth is that God's not dependent on us to f- be feeling it today or be in the right frame. He wants to use us to talk to people around us. You've asked God to come into your life. You've asked God to partner with you. You've asked to partner with him and work through you. And as born-again believer, we've agreed that God can do whatever he wants through us. If, that's, if, you've, if you're a born-again believer, you've agreed to that God can, can take over anytime he wants to. And so we gotta be open to that. And that means even at the most normal mundane days, he's an awesome God in the midst of normality. So worship band, go ahead and come on Let's pray real quick as we go back into worship because I think the Lord's going to encounter us in worship and ministry time today. Today, Father, we thank you, God. I ask that you would take us on that journey, God. You would set set a hunger within us to to pursue relationship with you, God. God, if this is if we're just learning how to do this thing or if we've been doing it for years, I ask that you would increase our capacity. God, you would put us in relationships with people around us who have been walking with this with you for years and years. We begin to learn from them, God. Lord, I ask that you would encounter us on our everyday level, God that you'd take us out of ourselves when we're so focused on the things that we're doing. Take us out of that mind's heart to hear your thoughts towards them. God, I thank you that we carry your name. Lord, teach us how to carry it well. How to speak it well.